episode number 15. Welcome to the Higher Life Podcast. Lessons from Authentic Judaism. Get the inspiration you need for personal growth. Hosted by Rabbi Mitterhoff. Shalom, this is Rabbi Eliyahu Mitterhoff with this week's Higher Life Podcast. This week's podcast is going to include the portion of the week, B'chuchol Sai, If You Walk In My Ways, and the subject will be how to get everything you ever wanted right now. I bet you can't wait to hear about that. Next, we have a great story about Rav Noam Elimelech, a powerful parable about the emergency injection and peace in your home, maintain your appearance. I'm going to start out with the part of the week. It says like this. If you will go with my decrees and observe my commandments and perform them, then I will provide rains in their time, and the land will give produce, and the tree of the field will give fruits. The threshing will overtake your vintage for you, and your vintage will last to the sowing. In other words, the seasons will continue one into the next, and you will eat your bread until you're satisfied, and you will dwell in security in your land. Sounds pretty good. We see from here that if you walk in the way of the Torah, then all the blessings are going to come. On the other hand, Pasuk 21 says like this, If you behave casual to me, and refuse to heed me, then I shall lay a further blow upon you, seven like your sins, and I will send wildlife of the field against you, and it will bereave you, exterminate your cattle, and diminish your number, and your roads become desolate, and it goes on and on with all the curses, all the things that happened in the Holocaust, all the things that happened in the Inquisition, all the things that happened in Greece, all the things that happened in Rome. The curses do not end. Now, this is the story of the Jewish people. So we have a choice. Either we go in the ways of God and get the blessings, or we go against God and we get the curses. That's one heck of a choice, isn't it? Anyway, Rav Yerucham, the Meshkiyak Amir, explains in his Sefer Das Tavunos like this. He brings the Ramchal, which is like this. Hashem, God, could have fulfilled the world in an hour, in a moment. What does it mean? The entire world could be totally filled with blessings and everything we would ever want and everything we would ever dream of could be there for the taking if Hashem wanted it to be that way. And that's really how it was before the sin of Adam. The world was totally filled with all the food we wanted. The weather was perfect. We were in Gan Eden. We were living in the Garden of Eden. And then what happened? The sin came. We know the sin, Rashi tells us the sin of Adam Rishon was based on Kafuitov. He didn't appreciate the good. He blamed his wife. He didn't have appreciation. And then everything came tumbling down. And all the lackings that we have today are because of that sin. So he explains, we still have plenty of blessings. It just takes time. For example, you put an apple in the ground, you have to wait an entire year for it to start to sprout out. The Midrash Rabbah explains that before the sin of Adam, when people used to give kindness, we used to give birth every day, and those children would have children also every day. The vitality of the world was so powerful, things were just sprouting out all over the place. There was blessing everywhere. Everything was flowing. But because of the sin, we got this curse. What was the curse? By the sweat of your brow, you shall eat bread. But the Midrash Gada says on this, that means that before that, it wasn't by the sweat of our brow. Before the Midrash says the, the ground itself would bring forth cakes. Cakes would be sprouting out of the ground. It was the Garden of Eden. Everything we wanted was there. 
But Rabbi Yerucham explains now, everything is moving at a snail's pace. The entire creation got stuffed up as if it was stuffed up with iron. He says it really should take a thousand years, in theory, to get from your house to your work. Thank God Hashem didn't make it that bad. But that's really what's happened. So he brings two Gemaras. These are famous Gemaras. One in Pesachim on 118a. It says, A man's livelihood is as hard as the splitting of the sea. Man has to work so hard, it's like the splitting of the sea for a man to get food. Also, to find one's soulmate is as hard as the splitting of the sea. That's a Gemara in Sota 2b. To find the right person to marry is also difficult. So he says, why should it be so difficult? Don't we have a Pasuk at Tehillim that says like this? By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their host. God made the entire world by speaking. The entire universe which just came out of God's mouth. So why should it be so hard to make money? And why should it be so hard to find the one you love? Our daily experience shouldn't be so difficult. There's a concept called like being in the zone. Or there's a book written, The Flow Experience. Where you just experience life with such a fullness. Everything's flowing one thing to the next. You feel the blessing. You're in the, they say you're in the zone. An athlete gets there. He's just happening, totally happening. Experiencing life on a different level. That's where we should be. Why are things so difficult? And why is it compared to the splitting of the Red Sea? So the Midrash Rabbah in Shmos explains like this, that when the Jews were crossing the Red Sea, the Satan, the evil forces, were accusing them of idol worship. God opened up the Red Sea for the Jews to cross. But at that moment, there was hakpada, there was a din, there was judgment coming on us. Because everything has to be fair and square. When God brings his blessing in the world, it has to be deserving. And the reason why things are so difficult is because of sin. If it wasn't for sin, everything would flow. We would be living in that flow experience. God is all-powerful. If we were close to God, we'd have any problem. So the blessings would be raining down on us. And the greatest rebuke is the fact that we are not receiving blessings. That we're stuck in traffic. That we're stuck in our lives. What greater rebuke could that be? Must be we're not going in the right direction. We're not doing the right thing. Where's the blessing? A couple pasukim later in the parsha, it says like this: the other side of the coin, "V'im talechu imi keri." And if you treat me as happenstance, and you do not wish to listen to me, I will add seven punishments corresponding to your sins. So it says, and if you walk with me, carry. If you walk with me, that temporarily, sometimes. Rashi explains it's temporary. You hold back. Uncle X explains it's kasha. It's difficult for you to do the mitzvahs. You're hard in your heart. You don't go with Hashem to the end. And you only do it sometimes. Sometimes you feel like doing a mitzvah. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Sometimes you feel like doing a good deed. Sometimes you feel like staying in your bed. Depends what kind of mood you're in. Awry, temporary. When it's pleasing for you, you go, okay, I'll do a mitzvah today. We'll not do a mitzvah. What's the difference? I dive and I'll pray today. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. He says, this is the source. Not he says, the Rashi, it's a Gemara. It's a Pasuk in the Torah. This is the source. This is what causes all the curses. This behavior of not being connected up with love and appreciation to God and trying to pay God back for all the good that he gives you. From here comes all this, all the curses. Because this is mida keneged mida. Tit for tat. 
The judgment of the world is based on a concept called tit for tat, mita connected mita. The way you act towards God, that's the way God's going to act towards you. So if you get up early in the morning with energy and with love, so God's going to come back to you with energy and love. But if you sleep late, then you're drained, you're depressed, you're not happy. So God will also come back to you in that way. So therefore, when things are going slow and things are caught up and things are stuck, you have to examine why it's happening. Why am I not getting what I need, what I want? Everybody gets what they need. Everybody gets what they need. In the Western world, how, do you, how many people do you know that starve, that froze? It's very few. It's a very few percentage of people that are not getting what they need. But the question is, how long does it take to get it? Or what they have to go through to get it? How much suffering do they have to have to get it? He says that the fact that a rain comes in the right time, that's what the Pesach says, if the, the rain will come in its proper time. That's not a miracle. He said the world is based on two tracks, the fast track and the slow track. The fast track is when you're going God's ways, so God acts back to you in a fast, immediate blessing and goodness. The other track is when you're not going in the right way, so everything goes so slow. Things are difficult when they go slow. And where is this coming from? The fact that we're going slow. And it's coming from judgment. The forces of evil are coming in and they're saying, listen, the world or this person does not deserve that things flow, that the heavens flow down to him. It says that the evil inclination is called the seor, the yeast of the dough, slowing things out. Use matzahs that come out fast and bread comes out slow. We have inside of us a block to stop us from really feeling close to God and feeling that love and serving him with energy. And that's what's blocking everything up. And when things are going slow and all blocked up, that is the greatest rebuke. From there, you can see where you're holding. Why is the blessing not coming? It even makes sense in science. As the energy starts to go up, the levels of energy start to go up, things start to speed up. Matter turns into energy. Things start to flow. This is the nature of the world. As the energy goes down, things slow down. But the Chiddush here is, is that the sin is what causing things to slow down. The sin means how we're relating to God. With a full heart or with a half heart? What happened to our love for God? Remember when you were a kid, you were in camp or somewhere in Honesdale, Pennsylvania, somewhere. You wake up early in the morning and the sun was coming up from the cool air and the warm sun and the steam coming off of the field. And the way the light looked, the grass, the air, the trees, the fields. Where are those feelings? Where are the feelings of appreciation? That your body works, your hands work, you have eyes, you have a mind, you exist, you can think, you have consciousness, you have a family and friends, people, there's a whole world. Where's it coming from? Oh yeah, there was a big bang and it blew up and that's how we got here. Come on. When you sit down for a good meal, look at all the blessings on the table. How many things had to happen for the bread to get to your table? To grow the wheat, the water had to come down, the sun had to come, you had to have photosynthesis. Then they cut the wheat, process the wheat, bake the bread with a fire and an oven and people, a whole factory baking the bread, delivery trucks coming to you across the country to get to your table. And there it is for you. But everything's like that. The Pasuk in Tehillim says like this, Oh God, you are my God. I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in an arid and thirsty land without water. Like when you're extremely thirsty and you finally get that cup of cold water. That's what it should be like coming close to God. We should be so happy, so thrilled just to be alive. 
If we felt that way, the blessings would start flowing our way. Look what it says here in Devarim. It says, Because you did not serve the Lord your God with happiness and with gladness of heart when you had the abundance of everything. Therefore, the Pasuk continues, you will serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you when you are in famine and thirst, destitution and lacking everything. And he will place an iron yoke upon your neck until he has destroyed you. The story of the Jewish people. And all this because you didn't serve God, but simcha uvetuv vav, with happiness and gladness of heart. We need to wake up. It's our own sadness, our own depression, our own lack of appreciation that's causing the suffering in our lives. Because the verse says, If you go my ways, you have all the blessings. You have everything good. Which means being close to God. He brings the Perkyavos in chapter 2, Mishnah number 4. Make that his will should be your will. So he should make your will as to be his. In other words, you should want to do what God wants you to do in the same way that you do it. The Ivitz explains, even when it's difficult, even when it's hard, things that you want to do, you do, right? Oh, it's hard. You do it anyway. Oh, it's tough to get up in the morning. You get up. Why? Because you want to do it. You got to make a switch to serve God in the same way. Not temporary, not sometimes, not maybe. And in the same way that you do your own things that you are interested in with all of your energy, you have to serve God in the same way. And what does the Perkyavos say is going to happen then? So that he shall make your will to be his will. God will give you what you want. Everything. You may not want the same things. (laughs) But he's going to give you what you want. So the question now, how do we get this appreciation? Where does it come from? If you want to get motivation in any aspect of your life, the way to do it is to go back to the original reason why you wanted to do what you wanted to do. Think, why do I want to do this? Why did I want to do it originally? person gets burnt out doing something. He has to go back and rethink, hey, why did I want to do this originally? And then he'll get his excitement back. He wanted to do it to get rich. He wanted to do it, uh, who knows why, to be famous. He'll get his excitement back. He'll get his energy back. He wanted to do it L'Shem Shemaim to help people. So we have to go back and think, what are we doing here? Why are we here? And we have to look at all the benefits we have of being here. The Messiah Yisham explains in the chapter on zealousness. This is what we're talking about, zealousness, zrizus. The way to awaken excitement is to look at all the good things that God does for us. All the great wonders. And since there's no way to repay God, he will feel the least he can do is to try to exalt his name and fulfill his mitzvahs. He will want to do the mitzvahs to bring greatness to God, that people should see, hey, this person is doing something. What is he doing? And there's no one in the world who doesn't get benefit. He blinks down, surely if you get riches, you're rich, you have to appreciate. If you have health, surely you have to appreciate. But even a person who's not rich, well, he still has food. And even a person who's sick, but he's not dead, And not only that, he has to realize all this good depends upon God. If God blocks things up, you're not going to get it. A good place to find inspiration is in Tehillim, Psalms. David Amalek said like this, As a heart yearns for the water brook, so my soul yearns for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God. My soul longs and goes out to the courts of God. My soul thirsts for you and my flesh pines for you. That's the passage we brought before. A healthy person, a person who's healthy in his mind and in his soul, 
has a tremendous love for God. Problem is, it's all covered up by laziness and by not learning. The famous Rashi on that same verse, Im if you will walk on my ways, Rashi explains that it's talking about Amelis B'Toyra, sitting and working in learning. It's the learning of Torah itself which will bring new excitement for a person to revitalize his love for God and his desire to want to serve God. I just want to end with a Rashi in this week's Parsha also that explains how people go off the way. What happened to us? All the Jewish people were in the Midbar when the desert received the Torah at Sinai. So what happened that so many people are no longer observant? How did that happen? So Rashi explains it. He's talking on the Pasuk that says like this, And if you will consider my decrees revolting, and if your being rejects my ordinances, so that not to perform my commandments and to annul my covenant, then I too will do this to you. I will assign over you panic, wasting away, and fever. Okay, it goes on and on. So Rashi explains. This is what we're talking about the seven sins. The first thing that happens is he stops learning. Because the Torah itself is telling us what the commandments are. If we don't know what the commandments are, we're obviously not going to think they're very important. We don't even know about them. So he stops studying. After he stops studying, he stops doing. I didn't know that was a mitzvah. I didn't know this was a mitzvah. I didn't know about that. So he stops performing. After he stops performing, he starts to hate people who perform. What's this guy doing? It's weird. Shaking a lulav. What is he doing? I'm not interested in that. What is, why is he doing that? He starts to hate those people. Later, he goes one step further. He even starts to hate the Torah scholars, the leaders of the Jewish people, of the Orthodox people. Then he goes one step further and he starts to fight and preventing other people from doing mitzvahs. He wants everything open on Shabbos. He wants people to, he brings in tray food into Tel Aviv. Next thing he says is the whole Torah is a bunch of nonsense. He renounces the commandments completely. And the last thing is, he renounces which is essential. In other words, he denies that there's a God at all. Comes up with this big bang theory. Now don't be one of these people. There is a God, there is mitzvahs, there is a Jewish people. We have a way. We have a way to bring all the blessings into the world, to bring the blessings into our lives. Go out and buy some books, learn about the Torah, start to do mitzvahs, and you'll see your life will turn around. It's time for Great Stories About Great Rabbis. I want to bring another story about Rav Noam Elimelech. This story is called the Sadiq's Burden. We know there's a concept that the Sadiq, the righteous person, the leader of the generation, protects your generation, or God forbid, if he sinned, it affects the people in the other direction. So he says like this, I heard in the name of Rav Elimelech, the people came to him, all the time crying about their problems. They should come to him, he should pray that their children should live, they have, that they should have a livelihood, that they should have health. So the Rebbe said, I, they come to me because of my own sins. I have sinned and tipped the divine scales of justice towards harsh judgment. Therefore they call out to me, Elimelech, give us children. Elimelech, give us a livelihood. These things were taken from us because of you. You were responsible and caused us to lack all these things. He said, these words burned me like torches. In other words, he understood the obligation to be pure and to be holy and how it affects the rest of the world. Now I'm going to bring a powerful parable of the Chafetz Chaim. He says like this, When blood courses through a person's veins, it's a sign he's alive. 
if he has a pulse. So it's an indication of his state of health. If he has a firm and regular pulse, regular beat, then everything's well. But if it goes too slow or goes too fast, things are out of order. So one time, a sick person grew very feeble. A group of doctors came to check him out, and he had all these different wounds and defects, all kinds of problems, and he needed special bandages for his injured limbs. Then one doctor noticed that his blood pressure fell dangerously low. So he said to the other doctors, he says, listen, this is not a time to discuss and consider which bandage to put on this guy. He needs an injection right away to raise his blood pressure. Otherwise, I'm afraid there'll be no need to treat his injured limbs anymore. That was the mashal. What's the nimshal? The, old, the Almighty's Torah is the blood which courses through our veins. Our whole spiritual life is based on the learning of Torah. So as long as we have Torah coming out of our schools, when you walk down the street and you hear the Cheder boys learning, you hear the yeshivas pumping out Torah, so then you know everything's okay. But as soon as you don't hear it anymore, you know that the Jewish people are mortally sick and they need a shot in the arm. We must make sure the Torah learning continues and the support of Torah learning continues because this is the life blood, the blood pressure of the Jewish people. Learn to give, love, and communicate. This is Peace in Your Home. Another commandment of marriage from Rav Victor Miller is maintain your appearance. He says this is especially for women, but to men also. He says never go around the house looking like a slob. Make sure you always look good, smell good, and do not talk too much. <laughs> it's interesting how he puts talking together with the appearance. He says if a woman talks too much, so she's making herself cheap. She's hocking a chinik. And she's showing there's nothing in her head because she just keeps talking. And sometimes actually men talk too much also. And it's also going to ruin the reputation in front of his wife's eyes. It's the way he appears, the way he looks to his wife, the way the wife looks to the husband. He says a woman should try to appear as beautiful as they can to their husbands. Don't worry about looking good to other people in the street. The main thing is to look good to your husband. And looking good is always going to have a positive effect. It's always going to rebound to your benefit. Sometimes a woman feels, listen, I've been married for 30 years, 20 years. Why do I have to look good? Nope. Don't drop that. Continue to look good. You want to keep the marriage vital and alive. Also a man. Don't be a schlepper. When a man is careless in his appearance, even his children look down upon him. They won't say anything except to reflect it in the way they behave in life, especially later on. If the father was a schlepper, they're going to come up to be schleppers also. Therefore, a commandment of marriage is always maintain your appearance in order to keep the marriage healthy and alive. That's it for this week's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Please share it with your friends and leave me comments. Have a great Shabbos. And the seventh thing is... And the seventh thing... And the seventh... And the seventh thing... <laughs> there's no way I can say this. <laughs> And the left. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Your voicemail could be featured on the Higher Life Podcast. Just visit rabbiminterhoff.com to ask questions or leave comments.